0: This is Neon Cauldron with Elise Osborne. This is Neon Cauldron. Welcome to another episode. Um, Our guest today is a medium and diviner (laughs) Um, working with um, the familiar dead, which I'm sure you don't probably know what that means. And don't worry, we'll we'll unpack it a little um but uh, i just like to welcome sasha on hello sasha hi <laughs> hi <laughs> so um today i want to address your potion making and i know that you no longer make potions but um i think t- in order to get to that point where we start talking about the process of your potion making there's probably a little bit of a backstory right (laughs) yeah um, Yeah. in your practice um it says you it says because i wrote it down earlier when we uh, (laughs) were talking (laughs) don't let them know your secrets and it says um so yeah um your your work um is really about your own practices and then it branches out into different styles of divining or scrying, you know, tarot, astrology, smoke sprying and and all different kinds of practices, right? Which yeah which, definitely for a limited time only, which has since expired, included potion making. Um so but this this all stems from your own practices and um I know that a lot of your personal um ritual includes ancestral um, spirits. So, uh, those, I think are things like when people talk about, um, witchcraft, that is like one of the spooky things, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of what we call yeah. in our society, like light yeah. workers or white witches. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of, um, the white witch, uh, uh, clan connotations invited um like are usually whitewashed um ancestral practices from other places that have kind of like turned into this like simple it's it's also the same with yoga like yoga without without the spirituality and, and like in those you know, fix everything um but your practice yeah yeah and i mean i do i do believe in like the power of intention and there's just such a a grand spectrum of different things people are offering but something that I think is really um, (laughs) precious and (laughs) very valuable about what you're doing is you are getting dirty and you are entering the realm of the taboo um, and you do take it very seriously and I think that's great especially in a time where people are constantly trying to say like we're not some witches like (laughs) chanting over a cauldron invoking spirits (laughs) But you are that witch. So, um, how did we get here? Sasha? Oh my god! Where, where yeah, <laughs> where does it?
1: What, what happened to me is a great. Is I think I think uh, growing up like from really early like early adolescence, being involved in like the punk scene or like the death rock scene, um, that like maybe sways where I would have gone as a witch a little more than otherwise. I was really like. Comfortable with the idea of working with death like even if it was in like a weird early adolescent fetishization of it um, But I come from a really intense ancestral line, especially on my mother's side Um, You know my dad's side were like Freemasons and my mom's side are these uh, Romani people and like near Eastern Middle Eastern Eastern European um, traveling like mediums basically and I come from a lineage of it so I always felt very connected uh to that and I remember there's there's stories of me being like 11 or something and hanging out with friends and like telling like you know and this is the way that you're going to die and so like really dramatic stuff like that but I've had people message me and be like I'm not surprised at all that this is where you ended up <laughs> um and a lot of that was uh my closest yeah. my guardian spirit my uh guide my best friend like who's always with me basically is my grandmother who died two years before i was born but um an incredibly powerful like leo 11th house stellium uh which and and medium incredibly sensitive who passed down through that lineage the ability to uh horse spirits and to be able to be mounted by them or to be able to hear or see your work with them and um, since I started practicing within the Lakumi tradition, all of those have really uh those those qualities of my work and really my emphasis around working with the familial dead have included. My first teacher also um was like a deathborn uh shaman from the Siberian tradition. Um, and, and he was the one who really started emphasizing for me when I think it was 19 or 20, uh the the importance and the imminence. Of honoring our dead, other people's deads, and really like um the necessity of a connection with them and a relationship with them. Um, so I think that's kind of how I I ended up here. I yeah. started working with plants because my grandmother would tell me, you know, as is the Romani Way, like which sort of plants could be used medicinally. And a lot of it was what I would be like, oh, it's intuitive. But now in retrospect, I understand um was me receiving messages from spirit. Um and, and really just being comfortable in that. So
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna take it down a notch just for a second, because I, I want to, I want to create, you know, this podcast is with the intention of mm-hmm. showing the different types of practices of people who are legitimately um, gifted and have like legit practices. So I think that'll attract a lot of people all over the spectrum and i think that not everyone i hope there are people that (laughs) that know what you're talking about (laughs) but um just to just to like just to dissect it a little bit um i want to address like what you're talking about when you say familiar what you're talking about when you're talking about talking to the dead and also the term um being a horse which um is usually I find more in, um, ancestral, Mm -hmm. um, practices of Voodoo or Santeria, but, um, but you you are coming from a Romani tradition and, um, you'll have to educate us all a little bit on, um, on that, that term horse, which, um, we could talk about later our own sort of, um, (laughs) but, um, yeah but but also um just to make it a little bit more familiar for people who um have no idea but um yeah may also have an idea about me
1: absolutely um i think that yeah uh it's most popularly known maybe through like the what people would say like spirit possession or someone's possessed um there's a lot of like satanic you know Mm -hmm. implications because people watch horror films and there's always like someone getting like possessed by the devil and, you know, the exorcist or whatever.
0: Yeah, I think that breaking everything down to um, say, Satanism yep. is sort of xenophobia at its height and no one really cares to protect or like understand. I mean, like, I think that um, us witches have yeah. always been marginalized people and people usually no. don't want to know exactly what we're up <laughs> they to. They just want to be afraid of it. But no, that yeah. like we're either crazy yeah. or we're not crazy and we're evil. So let's just explain yeah. a little bit on what you're actually talking about. So when you say evocation of um, familiar spirits, um, yeah. you're mostly talking about ancestors, but I know for a fact that you also yes. evoke deity spirits. Um, so what what that looks like for you is usually, um, as far as I've known, Neil, you do, um, a lot of practice, um, uh, not practices <laughs> in, like trial and error, but like, um, you do a lot of ritual, like, um, for up to a week before yeah. you do an evocation. Um, so there's a lot of, um, ritual involved in sort of like courting yeah. the spirit perhaps is Definitely. the right word. Right. Um, so, um, I know you were saying that you no longer offer port- potion-making for other people. But um, in the window that you were doing it, um, I find that your potions um, were really powerful and really interesting. And I think it would be really wonderful to hear not only about what brought you into that potion-making and um, what brought you out of it, and but also just like the... What went into potion making to begin with yeah like absolutely
1: with and people. uh i don't yeah like you said i don't really offer it now i can be convinced i can be swayed because i love it so much um but i started doing this um as a way of really readying my body for spirit contact for for deity for ancestor uh, for for Jin or Fei or whatever to come into me, um, because it takes such a, a toll on the body. Um, and what I what I uh, mm-hmm. ended up finding out was that there was a, a link where the reason why my my potions or my my baths were so powerful is um, in honoring deity by making these. I also ended up. Having them come into me to make them, so the recipes that were that I was getting, I was I had I would always have to try and write them down in retrospect because a lot of them were coming when I was what I would say a two-headed mounting, like when I was still kind of here, uh, but I also had spirit inside of me telling mm-hmm. me what to do, and I could hear and feel that. Um, so that's like yeah. different than when you. Also, just to
0: ask you a little question, I'm picking up a question from the future ether of someone listening and thinking like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is this even safe? Like being possessed? And I would, I would say, no, don't do it. Like, Like, don't, I don't think this is something for people for the layman (laughs) to jump right into. But um, this is a part of, your ancestry, and it's sort of what you would think of as like unlocking a yes, a genetic instinct. Um, and it has it has like a spe- you have a special relationship with your own, uh, with your own cultural experience and your own upbringing, and also yes. your spirit within your bloodline. That's like, um, and also having done a lot of practices, I don't think it's something that. You know, you you prepare very intensely for it and you do a lot of um, homework also on like how to do things properly. And I would say this is not don't try this at don't try this at home.
1: Yeah basically is what
0: I'm saying. Um so so also like um like a little bit more on um because I Mm -hmm. really do know what you're talking about, but I, I wanna talk a little bit more about what it is to hear um these messages like like how they come Yeah um that's
1: actually a really great a great question. Um they will come through for me it comes through in different ways, but I will say the most common way um it starts in my body and it's a very like a a physical like a somatic sense of knowing. Um and usually that mm. starts off as like tingling in like at the top of my head, in my fingers, in the extremities, um and then I, I, people have different forms of like clairvoyance or clairsentience or whatever the, whatever. Um, but for me, a lot of it, I see it as almost like Mm -hmm. scenes. So scrying is, is fun for me because I am getting these messages in very visual ways. And then it's an exercise in translating them.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I would say my experience for, um, reading also is, you know, it's, And it's somewhat, I think, hard to describe, but, um, the way that I would, um, try to describe this information is it's not exactly hallucinatory, but it's more like, um, in the departments of your brain, you recognize the difference between a thought, a memory, a memory of something you saw on TV or in a dream, um, a fantasy, (laughs) you know, a visualization as somebody's describing something, your brain, um, you know, it's it's really hard to explain what the difference is in remembering the visual of something that happened in a dream or something that you imagined while reading a book mm-hmm. in the first, the first grade. You know, it's... But somehow your mind really does understand and makes distinctions between those types of um, visuals or, or knowledge downloads. Um, whereas, like, I think that um, when talking about these things it's really hard for people to really have a tactile, um, uh, you know, like it's hard to really have the capacity to take on like what we're talking about, but I'm just going to use that metaphor. Um, just to break it down a little bit for people who want to know more about what exactly. the Yeah,
1: definitely. I, I do believe that probably most people, um, receive messages or from something that's not inherently them. Um, but we are also taught as a culture to like dismiss it or be like, that was weird or a coincidence, or, um, it's really different than when you're yeah. brought in a culture that, uh, looks at that, that puts stock in these things as opposed to the very Westernized idea of like, it's gotta be empirical or like faith healing, you know, like there's a weird spectrum in between. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And also I think that, um, You know, with with anything like um, like let's say learning to read uh English, like Anglo-Saxon letters in the Bible, like they're just a bunch of little squiggly lines Mm -hmm. and symbols that you have to acquaint yourself with until they just make pictures in your mind. Absolutely, the letters anymore. So, um, I think that that takes some um, it takes some practice, and then it's almost hard to describe where that trans transmutation of like not knowing into knowing is you know I think yeah I think you're so right about that so um so so do you so basically for for this information that you're getting from ancestors it's it's like in the department I'm speaking of where it's just sort of the almost the incommunicado of like consciousness like the strange area where you're where you're sort of psychically diving into and then there's messages there that you're taking on and what were they telling you um, to, so to 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 get into the potions? Like, where were you getting these recipes? Like, how can you tell me a little bit? Yeah. Of, so, um,
1: like most teenagers, I was so afraid of being like considered crazy or something.
0: I think there's something really beautiful and unique about what I've seen you do with um, potion making, and I think it would be awesome to just. Um, just give some kind of sense or taste to the world at large.
1: Yeah. And, um, I know you were, you were asking about kind of how I I got into it and it, uh, it was with uh, a voice I would later recognize as my grandmother and a very, um, when I, when, uh, we were talking before about like having deity as opposed to like ancestors inside of you. Um, and with, with ancestors, I feel it is more in, in your body uh, you're more present for it I think is, is my experience of that um, I'll usually remember when my grandmother is in me as opposed to when um, a god is in me but I started realizing she would come into me usually in moments that I felt um, you know I had some childhood trauma so when I was feeling uh, scared or something she would come to me and she would start pointing out certain plants too. Like this one, uh, I remember she po- pointed at these uh, rose rose hips that were growing in the garden. She was like, this one will make you feel calmer. And I remember being like 13, like chewing on this raw rose hip. And I was like, I don't feel calmer, you know, but I would learn to listen more. And um, I was like, oh, it's like I have to steep it. So I would like put it in a kettle or something with hot water and see how that worked. And then slowly start adding from there. Um And I learned through through her that it's not just about the plant spirit itself, but it's about who the plant spirit will work with as far as other plant spirits. So it became sort of like also being a a mediator of these energies too. Like how do I know that these, okay, these are going to have to work together um, for this common cause but if they don't like each other, like if you're working with gardenia and onion together, you're not going to really be able to have a balancing relationship. Or if you're working with Juniper, you need to express it in the right way. Um, otherwise it won't like give over its, its juices and therefore it's magic. Um, and all of those things, it felt at first I was like, I'm just intuitive, you know, so go and I would look it up later and I'd be like, oh, holy shit, like this is right. Um, it says right here that this is the way it was traditionally done, but there's no way that I would have inherently known that, you know, at at 14 or 15. And that started to help me build my belief um, in, in, in ancestral, like an intergenerational knowledge too. And the way that we. Yeah. So
0: it's like you're going inward and finding information and then it's supported by external uh, validation and like finding out, like what the, what the larger world yeah. has Yeah, and you know, as a Libra, I need that, that external no validation
1: I before <laughs> I believe any of my.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of us need external validation. <laughs> so um, there was, um, there was a few potions that you're making. You need um, a few
1: batches. Oh my God. So yeah, uh, potions, the, what were the big seller, Blood Honey, which when I uh, you actually had an in- integral part in helping in that process. <laughs> when I got overwhelmed by the the demand and was like, "Oh no, I need it! I need people to help help me make it." Um, that is an aphrodisiac. Uh, it's an erotic potion, but it's oriented as much toward refamiliarizing yourself with your own body and sexuality after trauma, um, the same as it is for sharing it with a partner. Um, I really wanted something that was going to be able to help people feel sexy in themselves and to feel uh, a level of, like, ownership and magic within their sexuality. Uh, and at that time, I was working really clo- closely with Ishtar and uh, Lilith, so I respectively was was uh, horsing them, like we talked about earlier, in order to figure out how to make it and to cast spells on it. But the ingredients themselves uh, are were placed in, you know, you could choose whether you wanted, like, a red wine, a vodka, a brandy, or a water base. Um, and I actually got amazing feed, Like, everyone told me that they had, like, I had, like, a year of great sex after that. Or I found, like, a true love after that. And just the amount of feedback I've gotten, particularly around that one, has been pretty, pretty outrageous. Um, I had another – the other – biggest seller was uh, recently my Jupiter juice, (laughs) which was when Jupiter went uh, into retrograde process with uh, its its Scorpio connection. And we saw a lot of really intense things as far as community abundance, luck, go into a standstill. People weren't sure how to like connect in, especially as far as like past life wounding in their community. Um, So that one was an, it was an absence based one with a lot of different uh magical ingredients in, involved in my favorite being star star uh anise which i think that you can maybe it's my like eastern roots but i think when you add that to anything you're imbuing like full-on like virile sun energy into anything you do but at the same time you have these graceful elements of of uh lunar energy as well in it um and I really brought a lot of alchemy into my potion making, which I think is what kind of maybe made a little bit of a difference as far as the way things worked. So I was working around planetary hours. Like I would only work with certain ingredients that were allowed to be worked with during a certain hour of a certain day um, and harvested them accordingly. And I think when, regardless of whether or not you even believe in any of this, when you're putting that much intention and like thoughtfulness into a thing, it's, it's going to give it a little bit of an extra oomph.
0: Yeah, it's a prayer. So, also on that line, um, what are your thoughts on people who are evoking um, spirits, um, ancestors, or um, deities that are outside of their well, bloodline so or
1: culture? this is a... I am always, you know, my, my madrina, my padrino, my magic partner are always warning me because I, I'm so sensitive to, to being mounted, but... I I first first and foremost, like if you don't have a a teacher or someone who can help you do it safely, I I wouldn't go near it because you when you lose like that spirit has your body and it gets to decide how long it's in you and what it does with your body. Um, Yeah, I would I would
0: strongly not recommend it for anyone, to be honest. Like I really respect your practice, but I think you have your own relationship with what has happened in your own experience and your own journey. But, um, I don't think that this is like, uh,
1: you know, no. a
0: chemistry kit that you order in the mail. Like I think that people need to kind of not, not do that unless, um, they've already found their way and they have their own like Hogans or like practitioners of whatever discipline that are guiding yes, them. And absolutely. they've been brought there for whatever reasons. Like Yeah, I, I worked closely um
1: public. you know with Randy David of the Sword and Rose before he passed away around a lot of this. My my former And also just
0: a little bit about Randy David. I feel like um um so Randy David was this really incredible <laughs> A uh, warlock for better for lack of a better term <laughs> i don't know how he would describe himself but he he was making um incenses and sort of these like herbal concoctions um and they were available for purchase um you know he'd make these bulk um you know uh, urns full of certain things and um also in meeting him he was just such a glorious presence you know like you when i looked at him i could just see like all of these interdimensional faces like he was really really very um sort of a holy person and he um i i'm i want to say the word tragically um even though i feel that it was in his own karmic position and i am not i do not have authority to decide that but he he died um what was it? Christmas Eve. Yeah. Something um, like
1: that. A couple days before. What was that?
0: Yeah. 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 And he, he died in a fire, um, in his apartment or house. And, um, oddly, um, even though the fire consumed, uh, most of his earthly belongings, um, mm-hmm. like a wooden box filled with paper didn't burn. And that was, um, his recipes for these different, um, incenses and, um, other herbal, um, uh, powders and, and things that he had um, he had made it somehow was not was completely untouched by the fire, which is to me like very. Oh yeah, and and he mm-hmm. uh,
1: it was it was tragic yes. for those who who love him, um, but it was also he had he had talked about how he knew yeah. that the jinn were going to take him home soon. Um, yeah, and the jinn um,
0: again; those are um, those are fire spirits, so. Um, yeah. there are different like um entities, um, and angels are like among the same sort of like I guess classification I would say, but um, but like the, the core yes. of a jinn's being is through fire. So and that
1: was a uh, his uh, yeah. spiritual lineage is uh, he very strongly identified. Um, we both had the the Near Eastern connection to that. Um. So he he he's up there now, you know, amongst the uh, the ascended masters, practicing his Enochian ceremonial magic. And um, he he though was the one who really helped me. Basically, he saw that what was happening to me was sort of an emergency. And my my first teacher worked a lot with me on just trying to close off to what was happening, because it is it can be way too much too soon, which is why everyone says you know they either think it's horrifying they think it's really cool and they want to try it. And I'm always like, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't try it because there, there isn't a whole lot of a difference between what might look like paranoid schizophrenic breaks, you know, from the clients I used to work with when I was in mental health and someone that was experiencing spirit possession. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: Joseph Campbell had a really interesting thing to say about that. And I'm going to paraphrase um. <laughs> so he was saying that that schizophrenia is so akin to shamanic work and um his metaphor was um the mystic is swimming in the same Mm -hmm. waters that the schizophrenic is drowning in and i think it has a lot to do with your account accountability to those realms yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um so your potions were very potent and then what was the thing that happened that uh, the, well, I actually, uh, my,
1: my partner in all magical affairs, uh, Jay Hamadi, is an amazing geo, uh, geomantic reader, and he works with St. Cyprian, and um, I have a lot of, I'm someone who has like a lot of passions and a lot of interests, and then will totally overwhelm myself with all the millions of things I have, all the open books, all the projects, and then not be able to move very far with all of them. Um, so essentially I got to a point where I really needed an opportunity to focus on like, what, what am I supposed to be giving this world? What are the things that uh, are unique to me that like, I couldn't necessarily teach someone else to do the way I could. And I, I knew intuitively, like I can teach people what I know about plants so that stuff doesn't get lost and then it can still be made and used. And I've actually started releasing most of my recipes open domain on, on my Instagram account. Um, as well as a lot of the spells from old grimoires that I wrote that I'm not using anymore. But um, I had a geomancy reading that really helped me to clarify exactly like what my work is and where my my place of abundance is as far as spiritual workings in this lifetime. And it all really uh, fell down to the psychomagic work I'm doing, the divinatory work I'm doing, working with the dead. Um, that's why I'm going to be doing my, my death doula stuff. But it basically was saying like, hey, like you love this plant work. And uh, you're great at it, but this is not what you're here to do. Um, and I, I knew that almost on an intuitive level, and I was afraid of hearing it. Mm. Um, because, you know, it's a, that, that thing they always say to writers, you can't be afraid to kill your darlings uh, when you're editing or whatever. <laughs> um, it was a, It's a yeah. thing I love so much. Um, and yeah. I love, and, it, it, and I also recognize that, like, it is a, it's a safer thing for me, but it doesn't push me in the way I need to at this point. And I can teach people how to do it in an easier way than, say, how to be able to call down someone's grandmother and be able to, to bring her into me, so that she that that my client can communicate directly with their grandmother.
0: And so, um, I I feel that we are entering some uh, sketchy and precise territory when we talk about evoking the dead. Um, Um, people have, you know, of course, a variety, (laughs) a rainbow, if you will, of different beliefs about what happens when we die. And um, I think the evocation of grandmother magic in specific is something that I think, um, you know, I feel and I feel it in my own way. And, you know, it's not uncommon for people, atheists or otherwise, to have, um, have a dream about those who have passed on um, whether or not we're directly related. Um, and there's, there's a lot of, we could like wax poetic about what that means, but, um, my, um, I have a grandmother who's passed away and she was very, um, spiritually, uh, magical Pisces. Um, but then my, um, my Virgo grandmother who's living is like a Midwestern Christian housewife. Like, so, um, sometimes when we're talking about these kinds of things too, I think about like her narrative and like what you would think of as almost like um, sort of like the, the average American archetypal, like that's the devil, you know? Um, So, so what would you say about those who are, um, who are down and that they believe that this is a thing that can happen, but are um, afraid of, bringing in uh foreign entities or malicious spirits through the worship or opening to spirits that you would think of as benevolent
1: oh you know i really want to sit here and say oh no that's not gonna happen um and i guess i kind of have to be like a saturnian voice of uh like yeah unless you're with someone who is really like trained uh and as a really skilled spiritualist or medium or horse, uh, it is quite likely that you could bring some errant, uh, more mischievous or uh, malevolent entity into you that might pretend to be your grandmother and might get you give it offerings. And then you're feeding mm-hmm. this. You know, it's, it is, it is. I always am like, don't, just don't, unless you are working with someone who knows and can authenticate it. Like at this point, I am at a, at a place where, I am not just feeling but I am like I am seeing people's ancestors you know so I can be like that is that that is not mm. um a goetic demon masquerading you know like as someone's grandmother uh but
0: totally also another another thing is like when we talk about ancestor spirits like um I don't know about you but I don't I am not of the philosophy of, like, the touched by an angel, like, they're exactly as they were in life, and they're stuck in the same outfit they died in, and they, like, still have, you know, their personality all there, but, like, um, I believe that there are many um, departments of the soul, and I think a lot of them transcend or are recollected into a greater spirit, and um, I'm just wondering what if you if you believe that as well and also what you feel is remaining that what is um intact that hasn't trended yeah
1: you know that's really i love that you brought this up because uh i feel like a lot of the ancestors that stick around they uh stick around because they have stuff they need to work through um they can't as easily pass they have their own trauma or perhaps their own shit that they did that they've got to make up for now by helping out you know the descendants Um, But I always say, like, hey, if your, like, great uncle was, like, a gambling, womanizing, you know, dude who maybe wasn't so great to his wife or blah, 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 you're still working with the same person. It's not like you die and all of a sudden you are exalted and you are um, morally impervious to the, the weaknesses you've had before. You might still have that like that uncle might show up and he might not really be the spirit that you're looking for counsel from right now, because maybe in that life, if he mortgaged the house several times over uh, and, and left his family homeless, uh, he might not tell you, like he might not give you good advice about your money, you know? Um, Or maybe who better (laughs) to give you advice, right? I'm just kidding. But, but also,
0: (laughs) but, but also, um, so so for you there is like you are talking a little bit in the touched by an angel scenario where they are
1: personified um but as they I think that I think that they I think that they gain infinitely more insight I think it depends on the death. I have worked with a lot of and in the in the we, we refer to them as eguns ancestors um I have worked with a lot of eguns that are uh, really don't know what happened yet. Like they had a traumatic death. This is especially, you know, like trigger warning, like suicide or uh, overdose. Like when you're working with those sort of spirits, um, they need a lot of help and and healing before they can start really Mm -hmm. doing work. So you have to work for them for a while to be able to help them. But there's a lot of confusion and pain. It's like a shrill screaming and desperation um and so that's that's important i mean the longer they're around they you know if things become figured out if you're working also with with maybe someone like with an egun who uh had like a hard life and but uh had a a death that they were prepared for in some way that can be easier um a lot who they they are still the same person though so
0: do you believe that in this lifetime especially those of us who are called to these types of things. Um, part of our practice needs to be how we are preparing our souls for death and how we can um, offer our spirits to the greater collective. Absolutely. And we eventually pass.
1: It's, it's almost like uh, I know that, you know, I'm about to turn 30. And here I am sitting about like planning what my idea of the good death looks like. Right. But uh, I, I do. And I think, you know, for those, like we were you know, so closely touched by what, what happened, um, in Oakland a couple of years ago with the ghost ship fire too. Uh, it, it was really kind of, for me, a startling wake up call as to like, Oh, you have to start. This is not just working with grandparents. You know, this is not me thinking about my parents. This is like, who do I need to be when I pass? What does transition look like for me? What do I need to reckon with sooner rather than later? What does, you know, I I, have a a whole thing planned out too of what I want my transition to look like, what I want the, the service to be, you know, how I want, I want, you know, whether it's green embalming or what Um, I think that we do because that is a, we don't want to have to do that work afterwards because there, there aren't a whole lot of people that are willing to help us when we're on the other side. A lot of people are afraid or turned out or turned off or don't, like the idea of it, or don't believe that there's anything after. So you get kind of stranded on the other side. And there are so I have every day I'm overwhelmed by the amount of like really sad, lonely, like desperately craving contact uh, dead we have around us all the time. And um, I mean, I guess I for one don't want to feel that when I I felt that enough while I was living, you know, I don't want to feel that when I die.
0: Yeah um my um my stepmother who raised me was um peruvian and um she would tell me <laughs> she told me there were ghosts around us at all times and <laughs> I was like, even in the bathroom and she's like yes even on the toilet and i was like god damn it no um but you know i'm i'm of a discipline in everything that i do yeah. that i don't really know shit. you know like i do i'm a radio i feel like um in a reading knowledge pours out of me there's a well there is like human connection um there's everything I've ever acquired but also just like the ability to be wrong and not know so I think that um you and I in our practices there is like a huge divide in like um what I believe happens after we pass or don't you know I've seen a lot of things and a lot of things that have um that I found profoundly real but they have um, on a philosophical level have like profoundly like rudimentary differences. So I, I don't, I don't completely know, like I have my, my theories and and whatever, but, um, but I do believe that everyone um, has come to this life uh, and, and whatever realization of that um, purpose uh, is sort of relative, you know, but um, I, I see, I see you and what you're doing. And I think that you're offering um, not only your intuitive um, magic, but you've also done so much research on other practices and also honoring the traditions of your ancestors, which would otherwise um, disappear yeah. and be remelded back into the ether if we didn't have people who are showing up and um, offering these different kinds of practices. Yeah. And I really value that you're doing that and thank you so much for coming on and for um sharing your you know your story and your your talents um so um if people want to find you um because you do offer astrology readings including synastry readings and synastry of course is like lover matchup readings um and, tarot and different type of divination or if people have questions you're saying the best
1: way to find Yeah, I should have a website them. up soon, but if you follow my Instagram, you'll be able to get updates around that too. And um
0: that's Lady yeah, Psychic. Lady Pomp, um, period Psyche. on Instagram. So that so that's at yeah. the the at symbol. <laughs> um l l a d y. P S Y C H E P O M P. If you want to find Sasha and ask her questions, or have a reading, or you're scared of your ancestors, <laughs> or whatever. So um, you are one of the um, one of the rare um, readers um, who also offer genuine medium um, um, guide, spirit guide stuff. So. Um, you know, I think that sometimes people have come to me asking about, um, you know, medium work and I'm like, I don't talk with that. So if you're looking for that, because sometimes, you know, people really are, um, and I'm not going to coach
1: you on how to go about it, it other than just, you know, get up Sasha. <laughs> Thank you Instagram. so much, Elise. It is always a pleasure, you know, that you've been my, uh, my inspiration for a decade and a half now, so.
0: Yep. Oh, so it's all my fault
1: you want to <laughs> for your reading with me you know thank where to you. go
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much sasha and thank you um, have a I'm wonderful sure day you, bye. you too bye bye listeners